Coming to you live from the Morningstar Mission Sponsored Studios, this is Carl and Crew Mornings on 90.1 FM Moody Radio. What makes you feel old? Mm. What makes you feel like you're getting older? Not makes you feel old, but that you're getting older. What makes you feel like that? Okay, so I got a piece <laughs> of mail over the weekend that made me feel old. And so it was... My aunt, who's going... You, got, you can't do that while I'm getting a sip you got of your coffee. Arp? You got your ARP? Uh, did you get an ARP no. letter? No. No, no, no. No, no, this is... I got a letter from my aunt who had been going through some of my grandmother's old things. And so when she finds things she thinks might be of interest to me, yeah. she sends them. So she sends me a newspaper clipping from 1999 where I had been published in the newspaper. I kept a diary for a trip that I went on in high school. And I, the picture, I was wearing an outfit, and I showed my daughter. I said, look at this outfit I was wearing in 1999. And my daughter's like, Mom, like it was current today. So no. what I was really? wearing in this picture in 1999, we've come so far that we're <laughs> back around that her her teenage friend would have worn the same outfit. Wow. That's really I'm, funny. I'm getting Went old. through a whole clothes cycle. Went through a whole clothing cycle now. We're back to high school, my high school fashion wow. being current again. There you go. What makes you feel old today? I think um, for me, it's when you're, you haven't seen friends for a very long time and then you see their children. And the last time you saw them, they were either infants or they were little. And, <laughs> and now, now the kid's six beards. foot tall, right? He's six foot tall. He's, He's a shaving. junior in high school. It's like, okay then. All right then. <laughs> or even He says hi. Ms. You met Diana. them and, and they're married and have children of their own. And you're yeah. like, whoa, wait a minute. Young Thunder, what makes you feel old? Uh for me, it was a couple weeks ago, my niece and nephew came into town, and so we took them to a playground, and I was gonna get on the playground with if them. If Young Thunder can feel old, yeah. folks. I can. Yeah. I can. It happens sometimes. <laughs> okay, so what happened? So I was climbing all over the playground, you know, going down the slides, jumping off the swings, climbing up the boards a and little all this stiff. Stuff. A little stiff. I got off and, and we were walking home. Home and everything hurt. And oh! I, <laughs> and I looked at my mom and I said, "So this is when that happens, huh?" And she and said, "I'm sure yeah. she laughed, she right?" Did, yeah, yeah. She did. Yeah. So this, yeah. you twenty-something. Well, this is when you. I did. Start to get the so. playground wasn't made for a twenty-seven-year-old. That's true. Uh, reason I asked this question <laughs> is the breaking news is Gary Rosington died yesterday. The last surviving player from Leonard Skinnerd. The oh, whole wow. band is gone. What? So what I'm saying. Wow. All yeah. I'm telling you is right now. That's now see one. now you, now I'm in, inadvertently throwing Making a lot of people Allie feel. feel young because she's like, who's Leonard Skinner? No, I have heard of Leonard Skinner. <laughs> you have I've heard yeah, of Leonard Skinner. Uh, yes. so, young Thunder, I love you heard? Leonard Skinner. Give me three steps. That's my favorite song. Unbelievable. More. Really, you yeah. know them? Yeah. And Allie's heard of them. I have. And Allie's heard of them. I have. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, they're gone. The whole band. That's. I mean, how weird is that? Yeah, that, I mean, that's I'm sitting here one. this morning going, "Hold in a second. How old was he? Seventy-one. Oh, that's oh, early. That's young. I know, but these guys rode hard. Yeah, they're rocking. They took they more drugs in their body. Yeah. I mean, it's the fact that the Rolling Stones are alive is only because they Richard, right? transfused. You know, they. <laughs> the story on them is that they transfused blood in Switzerland before <sighs> it was popular. They'd I... go in and take blood. Platelets in and oh wow, oh my, just really? psych- my. oh yeah, oh. they'd cycle out all their dope and then they'd come back a year later and need to do it again. Interesting. Wow, Keith Richards. I, I mean, I have no idea. I'm not sure he is alive. It could be a cadaver just <laughs> out motorized because no. he's Stop. he looks right. rough. He's what's funny about Keith Richards is he jokes about himself. Oh, he does. Oh, oh like, yeah, yeah, big time. Yes. Like, hey man, 
I'm really alive. He's like his own <laughs> meme. He knows it, too. <laughs> it's great. That's excellent. Keith Richards, I'm telling you what. Oh. Anyway, Leonard Skinner's last surviving guitarist, wow. Gary Rosington, died Sunday at 71. Wow. It's just life goes by life fast. Life goes by fast. Mm-hmm. And you know what? That kind of sets us up for where I want to go here, Boom Crew. We've got Arlene Pelicane's going to be with us again here in a few minutes. And if you've got questions about parenting and being a good mom or a dad or a grandparent, we yep. want to get those questions in for sure. But coming up here in a moment, you know what? We don't have much time. We've got to get the gospel out. Uh, I've been really searching in time scriptures here as of late. And man, I got to tell you, maybe it's because I'm getting old, but maybe it's because it's getting closer. But the end has got to be near, guys. I mean, this thing... Just AI alone and a few other technical variables out there. And it's like, man, the jig is going to be up. So what we're doing here at Moody has never been more important. When you see the shades coming down in a culture, that's when the light needs to shine. And that's what we're doing here. And we've got something really cool this week. This is kind of like a last sprint week for us here with Carl and crew that we've really never talked about before too much. So I want to get into that a little bit. Can we do that, Alan? Sure. Let's, let's bust this thing hard. By the way, questions for Arlene. We'll, um, Allie's like super, she's an <laughs> expert at cataloging questions. Expert at asking the expert. Uh, text your parenting questions or grandparenting, aunt, uncle, anything dealing with kids, teens, even adult children. Text us your questions to 312-274-9624. 312-274-9624. It's like coffee, but for your ears. You're listening to Carl and Crew Mornings. All right, guys, we got a special guest coming in. Is she here? She's here. She's here. Yes. Arlene Pelican with us right now, speaker, author, media personality, blogger. Arlene is the host of Happy Home Podcast and founded the Happy Home Universe. <laughs> Why do I get a kick out of that? All of these professional podcasters now are turning into it's like Prager University. Happy Home University. We got the whole thing going here. Let's bring her in. Arlene, how you doing today, sister? I'm doing good. How are you, Carl? I love messing with you. I know. (laughs) Look, he's laughing at me already. I haven't even been on yet. I'm not even able to defend myself, and I've already been thrown under the bus. I'm sorry. (laughs) You know I like messing with you. So what is the Happy Home University? Yeah, what is Happy Home U? The Happy Home U is my attempt to get more information into people's hands that kind of will help them propel them. So basically I have master classes there. So the happy wow. husband masterclass screen kits, master class. So you can go a little bit deeper with the material. So you read the book and then you want a little bit more, go a little bit deeper. You can look at the masterclass. What you would really like at happy home university is there is this little documentary I made during COVID of my three kids talking about what it's like to really grow up without a cell phone, without video games and without social media. So you can hear it like in their own words, like, are these children brainwashed? Yeah, are they, they, are so, they, are they so totally could, bizarre? So you could kind of look at them, make that's sure they don't great. have a third eye or anything. So that's all there at Happy Home University. All right. We got questions pouring in here, Arlene. Thanks for being here. Arlene's going to be here the balance of this show here today, guys. So hang on. Uh, I mean, I, you're good at this stuff. So I'm going to throw you a tough one. We have got mental health issues. Just, I mean, epidemic right now. We've got... Yeah. It's what's really wild here. We've got more medication and are more medicated and rich beyond belief as our country. And yet socially so maladjusted. If you were 
in charge of our country for a day, what were, what are the two biggest things you would do to help our youth? Oh, I get to be in charge of the country. Yeah, the whole country for a day. You know, I would have them all, so parents and children, view the same kind of messaging and get that together. So get parents and children somehow in the same room and have them speaking each other's love language. So for instance, if your kid's love language mm. is touch, they're just sitting right, right next to each other and that parent is holding that wow. child. And have the messaging be like, we've kind of dropped the ball as parents and we've let things slide and we wanna do better and here's ways that we're gonna do better. And these are ways we're going to start connecting more as a family, wow. that I'm gonna listen better to you. I'm gonna give you time, undivided time to listen to you. I'm gonna put my phone down, I'm gonna to listen to you. We're gonna find help if you need help. We're gonna be in this together and this is the beginning of a long road for us, but we're gonna do this. I'm gonna to apologize to you as a parent that I've, I've kind of let things go and I'm sorry. And I, as a parent, I'm going to commit to being healthier and better so I can show you that, hey, we're going to we're going to kind of silence screens for the next two weeks. We're going to do a little reset in our family. We're going to try this experiment and, and let's see how this goes. And let's have this conversation again two weeks from now. That's, I think, what I would do. That's great. Wow. It's a, it actually surprises me. I thought I thought she was going to legislate all the devices confiscated in America. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I I'm you know, I'm coming to see that it's obviously it's something that is so much more addictive than anything else that we've handed our children, you know, and so much more acceptable. So yes, the devices that that's a problem. And and if you know if I got to wave my magic wand, then I would say don't give your child the device till at least high school and then even think of in high school if you really want to do it or not and if they really need it. Wow. You know, but but, but I would also say, I think it's the parental involvement that I, I think is so key is how is this parent involved in training this child on this technology, how to use it wisely? You know what, Arlene, here's what's cool. And then we're going to get into some questions, get rumbling yeah. here. But, you know, the truth is I'm 62 and I was raised by a great mom and dad. And they yeah. did. They, they were great. My dad's 95. And having adult kids and doing our daughter's wedding performing that ceremony. Here's mm -hmm. the interesting thing. I think you're right. I think the cop-out is actually to, to blame what's going on with our kids on devices because there's yeah. always something. It right. was vinyl records back yeah. in the day for my big sister. And I remember my dad coming down going, you know, because she had one record that was kind of on the edge. And I remember the discussion he had, but I remember <laughs> thinking, man, what a cool dad. You know what I mean, Arlene? So totally. the issues are going to come and go. It just happens yeah. to be devices right now. And they're tough. I mean, they're addictive. But parenting principles last through and through. All right, Allie, let's go here, sister. All right. Do you want, you want Arlene to answer this one right now? or you? Let's, let's tee up two of them for her that she gets in a minute and a half. One. Okay. Let's, how about this one? Well, does this sound like your child? This uh, texter says, how do I navigate the teen years with my strong willed daughter the constant lying and disrespect to us is wearing me down we're running out of patience and kindness having to repeat the same instruction over and over and over again so a difficult teen strong-willed not listening disrespectful what do i do that one is coming up this one is a wide net ally this one applies to more than just this one texter that's for sure that's for sure we're gonna get that answer from marlene a minute now get more from your morning show Check us out on social media. 
Just search Carlin Crew Mornings on Facebook and Instagram. Quick reminder, we are signing up prayers as we move towards Share just one week away. We've got over 500 slots available for you. If you're willing to grab a 30-minute slot to pray with us during our on-air hours, 30 minutes wherever you're at, in your car, on a walk, text the word CREW. So appreciative of our prayer crew. Text CREW, C-R-E-W, to 312-274-9624. CREW to 312-274-9624. All right, Arlene, here's a question for you. This one is about a parent dealing with a strong-willed teenager. This was a daughter who is lying, who's disrespectful, and a parent who is running out of patience. Okay, you've just hit all the keywords. Someone, they were trembling, strong-willed plus teenager. Right? So it's <laughs> like we're shaking in our boots now. You know, so on my Happy Home podcast, I had this parenting expert. Her name is Wendy Snyder on, and she has strong-willed kids. And she really introduced this idea to me that was super helpful is the idea is they like making their own decisions. They, they're leaders. And this is a good thing. Like in the future, this person, this strong-willed child that's driving you nuts is going to be able to make their own decisions when everyone else is crumbling. This team's going to be able to do it. So kind of keep that in mind that there is a silver lining to this being strong-willed. And then basically she talked about giving them like kind of deputizing them to say, this is what you're in charge of. So they feel like they have a domain that they feel like I can be in charge here. So, you know, if it was a younger child, it would be like, Hey, you're in charge of providing fun for your sibling. That's safe, you know? And then it would be like, now I've got something to do. Thank you very much. So for this teen, is there something in their life that they could be in charge of at home that mm-hmm. you could say, and, and something that actually helps you, you know, whether that's like you're, maybe they like to cook and they are going to help with menu planning or maybe they are going to be, you know, you say, hey, we don't want, you know, whatever it is, like maybe you're on Instagram all the time. We're not going to do Instagram between after 8 p.m. But why don't you be in charge of what our family does do after 8 p.m. that's not screen related? Like giving this strong-willed child things that, oh, okay, my mom, my dad, is they're not going to mess with me in this domain. I'm going to be able to call the shots here. That'll kind of relieve some pressure of giving them something to do that helps them. Another idea is just that you, it's kind of like, take the emotion out of it. So if you're losing patience, you're, you're just kind of losing it to kind of, instead of using so many words and arguing and escalating, just go quiet. You know, and, and you have to pre-decide this, that I'm just going to go quiet. <laughs> you have, you can't decide in the moment. You just have to say like, I'm going to do this experiment. Yeah. I'm just going to go quiet and then let them talk. I'm going to listen. And then I might walk away. And you know, your teen will be like, what? Like you didn't fire back. And then later you might say, you know, I heard what you said. That makes sense to me that you feel so frustrated. Here's why I feel frustrated. And then, and then you could yeah. talk. So just kind of change things up, change things up of, of how you're doing them and, and don't give up. Uh, Arlene coming up here in a moment here. Uh, no, let's hit you cold with this one. Uh, this, this is similar, but not similar. Uh, one of the things that I battled with that I saw as I was coaching when I was the team dad for my son's basketball team. I sure wasn't coaching. This was a good team, but I was the team dad. And there were a couple of kids that just struggled in school. My own son saw that, and he's like, the school learning method that we have in America is designed for one cookie-cutter kid, a kid Mm -hmm. that can do the Socratic, spit it out, get it on paper. And he said, Dad, it leaves so many creatives behind. Yeah. My heart, I feel like crying right now. This is crazy. I'm going back to this airplane. I'm on with these incredible ballplayer kids that were 
artistic and they've they they got their emotions beat up because they couldn't spit back the 42 memorized verses that they needed for class the next day. Speak to that, Arlene, to the parent that has an artistic kid that doesn't flourish in this Socratic spit-it-out learning culture. So what I say, you you might listen and be like, oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> but I would say for as a parent, for you just to communicate exactly what you said to your kid, say, hey, buddy, you know, the way that we do school, the way that we test greatness, the way that we say, hey, you get a good grade. It's not the way that a lot of people are built, especially a lot of boys are built. Yes. And and to be able to give them that, to, to help them recognize. Now, not a, like embittered, the system is against right. you. So <laughs> yeah. not like that. So, so don't like, system. yeah. yeah like, Start like, a website. Exactly. Yeah. Don't, don't put that in their mind. But, but just the sense of, you know, we're respectful. We live in the system, but it's not necessarily geared towards you. And if you come home with C's, like that's totally cool with us. Like if you come I home, you know, just, you don't have to get an A, you don't even have to get a B, just give it your effort. And then let's help you flourish in the other areas. Cause the truth is, you know, you might push, push, push them to get that A. They're going to hate school. They're not going to do their interests, whatever. Just, I think it'd be better for them to do the best they can in that, in that scene. And maybe that's a C, but then on the side, they're creating things. They're creating music. They're like doing wood shop. They're like fixing cars. Like that's awesome. And that's the stuff that's going to help them be employable in the future. So really put it in their minds. Yes, school is one benchmark, but it's not everything. And there are other ways, you know, kind of be more entrepreneurial, think outside of the box. What else is my child gifted for? Arlene, I love that. And I'm. this is, I don't want to linger here. We're going to tee up another question here. But the reason I love that is that one of the heartbreaks for my son is that this one kid who was a brilliant point guard, artistic galore, the kid was yeah. creative, is now on the streets of Anchorage, Alaska and oh, homeless. No. And my son is convinced that half the battle was no one ever came alongside him and said, you're okay the way God made you. Yeah. It's heartbreaking, isn't it? It is. Talking about Jesus and having fun while doing it. We're Carl and Crew Mornings. Our guest right now, you might be listening to this young lady going, Arlene Pelicane, God is using her in my life right now. And you're going to be hearing that throughout this morning program. She's a terrific, a terrific woman of God, speaker, author, media personality. She is the host of Happy Home Podcast and founded the Happy Home University. And if you want links to this, guess what, Boom Crew, we got them for you right now. You know, sometimes good coaching and good information is the thing that's going to turn it around. So text the word home when you can anytime today. We're here for you, and that'll put you to Arlene's links, everything you need. Text the word home to our number 312-274-9624. Let's get about 2,000 of those links out today. Home to 312-274. I can say the number here. You got it. Woo! 312-274-9624. Here's the question on the table. Arlene, uh, this came from a listener. I have an eight-year-old who's always anxious. I try to explain to her, focus on today. I try to pray with her. It does not seem to work. How do you help an anxious child, Arlene? So you come alongside of this child and you're already in the right heart posture that you're like, oh, I want to help you. I want to help you. I want to do these things. And I would think, why don't you try for one week don't even think about anxiety. Don't don't think about like, oh, my child is so anxious. What do I do? Don't talk. Don't even say the word anxious for one whole week. 
and just focus on how can I put more gratitude into my life, into my child's life? Because if you look at the human heart, if we're able to do that, it's really hard for gratitude and anxiety to live in the same space. And if we can get ourselves. I think a lot of times we are anxious about our children's anxiety. And even if we don't say those words, that feeling is there. And so if instead we could, as parents, be like, okay, I'm going to make a gratitude list. You know, at, at breakfast, I'm going to write down with my child, hey, what are five things we're grateful for right now? And you look around the house, you make it a game. She's eight. It's fun. Make a game. Oh, we love our dog. And oh, I, I love coffee. I can't go without coffee. You know, whatever it is. Um, you know, the, the Lord's mercy is there new every morning. He's here for us, you know, et cetera. And make this a practice. Maybe at mealtime, every time you have a meal for the week, you write things you're grateful for throughout the day. You talk about things like, oh, isn't it good that we have this, you know, and continue. And at bedtime, let's pray and thank God for the things he has done for us today, the way he strengthened us. And just go on this line of gratitude and and see if your daughter um, is better in, in seven days. Arlene, what would you say if it's a teenager? Does this advice also apply yes. to if it's an older it, child as well? It really does. So, you know, you kind of take the conversation from the like, oh, look at the birds in the sky, honey. You know, you kind of change that up. <laughs> but but you're talking, you know, shoulder to shoulder with a teenager being like, you know what? We're all struggling with anxiety, sweetie. So am I. Why don't we try an experiment? Why do we do the gratitude experiment? And every time we want to say, oh, I'm worried or I'm anxious. Instead, here's a journal. You know, I want to give this to you. Here's a cool looking journal. Um, it's it's leather. It's thin. It's amazing. Why don't we write in this journal the things that we're thankful for? And maybe we could swap journals at the end of the week and talk about it. Arlene Pelican is our guest right now. If you want to find out more about all of the coaching and content that she has, just text the word home to our number here, 312-274-9624, just the word home. Uh, what, what does a parent do? I'm going to throw you some mustard in the middle of this whole thing too. Uh, what does a parent do? My, my perspective is always pastoral, little caveat there. What's a parent do that feels like I've got familial sins and I'm scared to death to pass these on, mm. and they can be anything under the sun. Yeah. And people live in fear. It's like, oh, my son or my daughter, they're going to live out what I am. And it almost creates a self-fulfilling prophecy. It's almost akin to what you just said. What do you do to interrupt this cycle spiritually, Arlene? Yeah. And you know, the first thing that comes to my mind is prayer and fasting. That is something we don't necessarily do very much. And we think like, oh, that sounds very uncomfortable, <laughs> both of those things, prayer and fasting. Yeah. But if you have this sense to say, Lord, I know you can break this in my family. Like, and even if you have that tiniest bit of faith, you know, like a little bit of you says, I know the Lord can break this in my family. But a lot of me says like, but you know, really, is he really? Right. Uh, for you to get to just humble yourself and maybe if you're married with your spouse, say, this is important. Like, this is really important. I am not a prayer and fasting expert, but there are, you know, there are books, there are ways, there are things to inspire us. The book of Isaiah that you look at, hey, we're going to call a family fast and, you know, we're going to skip food for two days and we're going to just drink water and we're going to pray and seek God and say, Lord, will you hear us? Lord, will you honor us? Lord, will you show us how yeah. do we break this? And I tell you what, if you invite the supernatural into your life to say, God, we need you, we are desperate and we need you. All of a sudden you'll be like, oh, look, I just met this therapist at church and they want to have breakfast with me and they want to talk to me. Oh, look. 
so-and-so, you know, this thing just happened and I didn't fall into my old sin. And I'm seeing like, I'm getting victory. I bet my child could get victory too. Like you will start seeing things happen. So, so just realize that that little faith, God can honor that and just seek the Lord's help and, and look for him to move in your life. Expect him to move in your life. I believe it. I believe it. Here's another question. We'll tackle this one coming up. My question for Arlene, says this texter, is what do you do when your adult child only seems to remember the bad from (laughs) their childhood? Here's a parent who's feeling a little beat up on, hey, there was good stuff that happened too. What do you do? More coming up with parenting coach Arlene Pelican. Get your questions in. Text 312-274-9624. Coming to you live from the Morningstar Mission Sponsored Studios, this is Carl and Crew Mornings on 90.1 FM Moody Radio. This is what we hope for. Ask the Expert Week, the week leading in to share. This uh, gives us an opportunity to really lean in some amazing guests, and they're killing it right out of the shoot here today. Arlene Pellicane talking parenting, grandparenting, all questions, raising those little chitlins up to be good followers of Jesus. Oh, wow. Got to throw in a little lingo there. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> that was really something. Not sure what, but something. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, my. I don't know why. I think I got too much sleep last night. I'm in a great mood oh, no. today. <laughs> I'm a little loopy. Getting a little loopy. Let's bring her in. Arlene Pelican, speaker, author, media personality, blogger. Arlene, by the way, has a great podcast called Happy Home and has founded the Happy Home University. And we've got her with us here today. And here's what's cool. So many responses. Somebody said, oh, my goodness, this guest is powerful. Need to uh, leave. Hope there's a showcast. There will be. There will be. We'll tell you how do you get that. But we got a question for Arlene right now. So what do you do when your adult child comes back to you? And it seems like all they remember from childhood is the bad stuff, the areas where you got it wrong. What do you say, Arlene? How do you deal with an adult child who's got some problems with how you raised them? I'm trying to think of how I can use the word chitlins in my talk. Yeah, <laughs> those response. little chitlins are never really said that before. I'm kind of excited about that. So uh, I was laughing and I was thinking, well, you know, you can start by texting them a photograph of, you know, them at Disneyland at five and you at their music recital at seven and you sitting at the sports game at 10. That's and what you could you're just tempted steady, to do, aren't you? You, you? you could do a steady stream of texts for a week straight and then say, thank you. You're welcome. You know, but I think probably better off. It'd be better. You know, it makes me think of almost wooing back like your spouse. Like, you know how a spouse could say the same thing of like, oh man, what have you done for me lately? And instead of us, you know, giving them a literal list, like, yeah, this is what I've done done lately. lately. Instead, like to woo them back to be like, you know what, I'm just going to show you grace right now. And I'm going to be the bigger person and I'm going to be patient with you. And I'm going to take you on a date and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And I kind of think the same thing with our kids, with our adult kids, for us just to realize, you know what, I'm still the parent. They're still the child. Maybe they need just, they're going through a thing right now and I just need to be quiet and back off and and maybe do something nice for them once in a while, whether it's, you know, if they've got kids and you're local, you're going to bring them a meal and you're not going to say anything. You're not going to rub it in. Like here I am bringing a meal, but I guess I don't do anything for you. Right. You know, so none of that, but you're just quiet and you do a few good deeds once in a while. And if they don't respond, it's fine. Your reward will come from the Lord. And eventually they will come around and be like, mom, dad, I've been a jerk. You're really great. I'm really sorry. And then you get to enter phase two. Some parents have some legit things they've got to own though, Arlene. How important yeah. is it for a parent to sit down and go, you know what? 
I screamed when you get out of line or yeah. I did this. I find as a pastor, owning what you need to own is high yeah. value target. That is a high value target. And even years later to come back and say, and if it's something big, then you're probably not just going to blurt this out to the person, but you're going to say, hey, when you have a good time, I'd really like to sit down and have lunch with you. There's some important things I want to say to you, you know, and then really do say those things and do own them that, hey, when you were growing up, I messed up with this, with this, with this, with this. I'm sorry. Will you forgive me? What can I do to make this up to you? I want to start again. I'm not expecting, you know, you, you can you can say, depending on how how much the relationship is in trouble, you can tell them I'm not expecting that everything's going to be like rosy from now on. And now we're going to be best buddies. But I'd like to have the chance to grow closer to you. Do you That's think we can word. do that? That's a good word. Uh, we're going to go lightning round here. Um, let's go. Let's get a few crammed in here, Allie. Here yeah. we go. Uh, how do you deal with an adult married son who's turned his back on his family? It's all about his wife's family now. What do you say, Arlene? Oh, it's so hard, that right? That hurts, man. Like, yeah. I'm <laughs> feeling that pain yeah. right there. <laughs> Me too. I'm thinking about my own son who's 18 that is like, oh, no, he has turned his back on us. This is terrible. <laughs> you know, so I think that I think part of it, too, is is having the generosity to let go. Like sometimes I think we do that because the family could be so like, you're never here at Christmas or you're never here at this. Or, you know, there are some demands being placed on that adult child that is kind of helping them to turn away. So just kind of do that self-reflection. Is there something that I have done to kind of, you know, push them out? But if there isn't and you really feel like there really isn't, then I think it's just building a bridge of relationship, whether that is calling once in a while to that adult son, sending um, gifts if that's their love languages, love language, but you're just trying to build a bridge to that, to that child and maybe to those grandkids in the future. And that's that's a hard one because that's on your adult son, you know, to decide, you know, here's what we're gonna do. And and really think of it not in terms of jealousy. You know, like I'm jealous of the other family that they get all those things because then you got all sorts of stuff that's going to grow in your. Well, in you're more of, of a, your you're more of a turnoff then. But yes, then it's just going to repel them even more. But instead, think of just you know what are ways that I can just be there for my child in a helpful way and and see where that might go. Well, coming up, we'll tackle this one. We've got quite a few questions around this, Arlene. How do I point my older teen, young adult? back to God. Either they were raised in the church or now they're embracing some other belief system. How do you handle older teen and young adults who've walked away and don't have any interest in coming back? How about we get that one? Yeah, that's a good one. And I'm going to put some mustard to that about angry evangelicalism. So we're going to tackle that one coming up straight ahead. Helping you take the next step in your walk with Jesus. This is Carl and Crew Mornings. How do you point kids, older kids who've walked away, uh, back to Christ? 17, 19, 24, all of those have come in by question this morning. What do you do with kids who've walked away? Yeah, so there is in, I think in the secret place, there is you, you pray and you mourn and you're sad and you cry and you cry out to God. You talk to your friends, you you, you support each other, say, you know, keep praying for my, my guy to come back. Keep praying for my guy to come back. But then what you're doing with your with your kid is you're just being available and and you're being non-judgmental 
and you're being a, you're just trying to keep the door open that they always feel like they can come home to you they know that you disapprove of what their choices are they know that they they've been raised that way they know that you're thinking how could you make that decision as a christian how could you walk away from god how could you they know all those things so you don't have to repeat those things to them instead listen ask questions what do you and honestly you know if you have to understand too as they go to school that they're being most likely bombarded with a totally non-biblical worldview so maybe it also comes to you us as parents reading books about apologetics and things so we can be better listeners we can be more thoughtful i think of the word uh the book called tactics it's got like little chess pieces in the front of it but it just helps you to see through different arguments and see if they're logical or not and just guiding that adult child with questions so not telling them what to do not you know giving them sermon but listening asking questions praying and and for us to realize like what we are trying to pray for as we have you know kids and tweens and teens you know barna has done that research of what makes a resilient christian the book is called faith in exiles by david kinnaman and mark matlock but they found these different things and they're things like having that authentic relationship with jesus themselves that they've had it they believe that jesus not only exists but jesus talks to them and that's really what we're trying to aim for in the home not just like okay did you check the boxes but do you know that god exists and that he really is talking to you and that's what we're praying and working towards a quick comment on that arlene it seems to me that letting our light so shine before man even if man is our adult kids yeah is still a powerful remedy that jesus gives us Absolutely. Yeah. For us to be, if, if our kids see like, wow, my parents' devotion to God is unwavering. In fact, maybe as I get older, it's getting stronger, which maybe that prodigal will help you, right? Then you're leaning into God so much and you are getting closer to God. That's going to speak to them like way louder than the words that we say. One thing that we discuss here often on the morning show, Arlene, and I know you're, you would be lockstep with us is that because we've gotten into some dead orthodoxy and religious ruts, there's there's a whether we're we are this as parents or our kids are exposed to it, there is an element of angry evangelicalism, I call it, angry Christianity, which has never saved a soul. What do you do with a kid that you know good and well sees angry Christianity and you don't want them to be turned away from the Savior because of it? What do you say to that kid? Do you have open conversations? Yeah, and and really try to find places. You know, if it is, I, I don't know how to how, how this will sound, but if this is your church and it's the your whole church, that's their experience then it might be time to look for another church. You know, there's got to be someone in your church that is not angry and who can show your child <laughs> like, hey, this following Jesus thing is really life-giving. That's what you're really looking for. And so look for that. Look for other examples besides yourself because sometimes our kids are not, you know, it's like, oh yeah, mom and dad has said this a million times and then someone they respect says it and they're like, mom, dad, did you know that the Bible is interesting? You're like, yeah, I've been telling you that for like years now. So whether it's your home church or whether you need to look for a different place or you know you have a friend that you can introduce but you do want other adults besides you 
that are influencing um, your child through friendship and that who are not angry, you know, who aren't angry, who are really like living life to the full and enjoying themselves. Does that mean everything's perfect? No. Does that mean they don't get sad? No. But that they have a joy about them, that the fruit of the spirit is in them. We've got Arlene Pelican with us all week long. Ask the experts if you want to get great content from Arlene. Phenomenal con- content. I mean, clear, relevant, biblical. Text the word home to our number here to 312-274-9624. Got a question teed up. Yes. So what do you do when you are the adult child and you have a difficult parent? This person says, I'm still kind of struggling as a result of this abusive and pretty toxic upbringing. What do you say to an adult child dealing with a difficult parent? You know, I think of Dennis Prager, the talk show host. He has some really good things about this, but he talks about how the Bible does not command you to love your parent, but the Bible commands you to honor your parent. And so to understand that, you know, sometimes we think, oh, well, we want to be right with God. Maybe I have to be like so loving. And what do I do with my parent? That it is okay for you to have distance from your parent if they are an unhealthy person, you know, for for you not to be close if they're an unhealthy person, if they're hurtful still towards you, but that your desire is to honor them, to give weight to them, to respect them, to, you know, if they come to a holiday that you treat them with respect and you're like, I'm glad you're here. And that's that. But it doesn't mean that, oh, I have to, everything is all right. And I have to now be, you know, they have to win that trust back. If they are repentant of the things they've done, then that's a different story. So it kind of depends on how your parent is now and if that relationship can get built up and stronger. But if it can't, as much as it's up to you, live at peace with all men, right? Is what the scripture teaches us. So if you have done your part and that is still a hard relationship for you kind of to take the onus off, oh, we've got to have this really, really close relationship because I'm a Christian and I want close relationships. But for you to realize that, you know, maybe the honoring and, and just respecting them, that that is enough. That's good stuff. Everything you need to start your day right. You're listening to Carl and Crew Mornings. Super Die, I've got a sports thing that uh, leads into our topic of the day. Uh, Arlene's been casting a vision for something bigger than what is the norm on a high school campus. The Iditarod started, guys. It did. And I'm tracking it. I've got GPS on these guys. (laughs) They're already 100 miles into the race. Wow. And... uh, that's all we'll do for sports today because local okay. teams are struggling. So we'll just <laughs> leave are. that out. Okay. Uh, we got Arlene Pelican, our guest right now. Uh, you know what? I'm going to have you comment on that one because you you talked, and then we'll get back to what do you do with devices that kids already have. But Arlene, you know what? My folks gave me something, a gift that I didn't even realize. It's the bigger yes, and it was a crazy bigger yes when I was in high school I got an aspiration to compete in the Iditarod. I don't know if you knew that or not when I was there. Yes, I did. And in fact, I was in Anchorage this weekend. I was completely thinking of you. Oh, for crying out loud. Yeah. (laughs) I know. uh, So it was a cool gift my parents gave me in that not everyone had a dog team, like no one else in my high school. But I got a goal to run in the Iditarod. And believe it or not, even though my life was very messed up after high school for a few years, it really did. Having that bigger yes that I was training for kept me out of a world of hurt in my junior and senior year at Wasilla High School. It just did. 
And so it's an interesting thing. That bigger yes that is counterintuitive to the mainstream is sometimes a gift you're giving your kids. Quick comment on that, Arlene. I like that because we think, oh, let's make it easy for our kids. Let's make it easy to be a Christian. Let's make it easy. But really, if you say, hey, you know what, kid of mine, you're, you, we're not going to live like the world. You're not going to be hooked on your phone. You're going to be do, doing something different. Following Jesus is kind of daring. You might be like this crazy adventure, want in. And they're like, yeah, <laughs> we want in. So yeah, I, I 100% agree with that. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Back to a question that we have because a lot of kids have these devices yeah. now. Yeah. What do you say, Arlene, to uh, parents, grandparents who are listening in there? the teen in their life already has a phone, maybe has had one for a little while. Do you advocate taking it away and trying to get a full reset or is there another option? Yeah. And I, I appreciate this question so much because once that cat is out of the bag, it's real hard to put that cat back. And I get that. So I would say that that phone is going to be part of that teen's life. So we do live in the real world. It's not like, okay, now we're going to just take it away completely and you're never going to have it again until you leave our house. That's probably not going to work very well. <laughs> but if you come alongside that child and ask questions like, you know, how do you feel? Like, th does it really make you happy to spend? I noticed that you're on social media a lot. T talk to me about that. Like, do you feel really happy? Like, does it, does it help you? And I think having those conversations with your teenager, hopefully if it's a girl, she's going to be she's going to open up to you because most likely she doesn't love it either all the time. She's not enamored with it completely either. And for you guys to talk together about, you know, why don't we both do a reset? Why don't we both skip social media for a week and and instead let's like go out to ice cream and let's like go do fun things for that time that we normally spend on social media and let's just see how that goes and kind of do these little experiments but i would tinker with it i would try to disrupt i would try to say hey let's do this together so that's part of it and i know moms and dads you're like wait a minute i don't want to do it i just want my child to do it <laughs> but i really think there's more power in it if you say okay you're going to give up video games for a week that's I know that's gonna be hard for you. So I'm gonna give up whatever sports or news or whatever. I'm gonna also do that for a week. And I think if you will join them to say, Love let's it. just get in a pattern of checking ourselves. Like we're just kind of in this too much. We just need a break. Like our brain literally needs a break. Let's take a break together and approach it that way. I think that might help your teen as they grow up into a college student and a young adult to realize themselves like I am super stressed out. I need to take a break. I'm going to do this reset thing like I used to do with my mom and dad. Love that. You're listening right now going, who is this woman? Her name's Arlene Pellicane, and she's got a podcast called Happy Home Podcast and has also founded the Happy Home University. Everything Arlene, one-stop shop. Text the word home to 312-274-9624. Just the word home to 312 274 nine six two four okay you got questions she's got answers we are assembling those questions same number text us your question 312-274-9624 whether it's number one or 100 take that step with jesus today you're listening to carl and crew mornings we're in Ask the Expert Week, getting back to your questions momentarily, but I do want to remind you, pre-share, all pre-share gifts of any amount are going to get this little book 
called Seven Resolutions. I think I've met the author uh, once or twice. <laughs> this is Carl's book, of course. <laughs> the Seven Resolutions, one of my favorites to recommend, to gift to people. We want to give it to you for a gift of any amount, but this does expire when share starts. So this is a pre-share gift only. If you want to take advantage of it, just text the word PRIME to 312-274-9624. Text the word PRIME to 312 312- Two seven four nine six two four. Question from a really, really awesome grandparent. How does a grandparent influence their grandkids in a positive way? Speak generally to uh, grandparenting principles. So grandparents, you are so needed. You know, you are like the anti-screen time thing because you can bring that <laughs> child back and say, this is how you fish. This is how you go shopping. This is how you cook. Let grandma read you a book. You know, let grandpa teach you how to go to the post office and mail a letter. Like you can do <laughs> all these kinds of things that parents are too busy to do or, you know, can't do, et cetera. So you can have a very special relationship with your grandchild. And if you are in town, then you can, you know, be do those kinds of things. But if you're out of town, which many grandparents are, that is actually the one screen time thing that is very healthy is by you, whether it's Zoom or FaceTime or however it is you're getting your face in front of your grandchild's face, even for babies, you know, that are 18 months and younger pediatricians even say that screen time is good because they are seeing your face, you're mimicking them, you are responding to them, they recognize you. So really having those times, I've heard of these grandparents, they're so adorable that they'll say like Thursday, they'll ask the child, adult child, when's the you know, time you need help? You know, okay, before dinner, great. I'll call before dinner and, you know, and they'll know like, oh, Grammy's going to call on Thursday nights before dinner. And then we read a book together. Like you do something like, so it's really adorable that you can, you can use technology in that way. And that's something really good. And then I would refer you to my wonderful friends at LegacyCoalition.com, LegacyCoalition.com. It's a grandparenting ministry Mm. and it's all about intentional Christian grandparenting that, yeah, we're Christians, but we're going to be real intentional about we want our faith passed on to our ancestors. And how can I be a part of that? So they have amazing, they have free Monday night webinars about everything grandparenting and faith. It's awesome. Legacycoalition.com. Good stuff. Okay. There is a another effect that's going on in our culture today and some parents are freaked out by it but it's this sexuality revolution that we're going through that has taken us down really a dark path and there's a lot of parents that wonder how in the world do i even dialogue with my kid about transgenderism and the lemming effect that we're seeing we're we're uh, there was a great article out by Barry Weiss in her book, uh, in her uh, publication, Free Press, about a woman who actually claims to be anything but conservative. She calls herself left of Bernie Sanders, and she did a whistleblowing on, she's an intake advisor into one of these 100 transgender clinics that have cropped up only in the last decade. Now there are 100 of them. And I know there's a lot of parents that are listening that are wrestling right now with Uh, middle schoolers, high schoolers, who are getting swept along in this. I'm not saying they're part of it, but they're, they're hearing this conversation constantly. Arlene, what do you do with that as a parent? Yeah, so if you have younger kids, 
then I think it's this idea of fresh tracks. Like you lay down that first track and you talk about it way before they're going to see it in school, which unfortunately means really early so that, so that in kindergarten, in first grade, you're talking about, oh, look, that woman is pregnant. She, she's going to have a baby, you know, women have babies and you just really lay this track down of, of really what is common sense. And you don't have to be religious in any sense of the word to realize this about biology. So I would say really lean in when they're little to talk about things. And then as you're older, because obviously that's where the issue is, we have to recognize too. think of it. Why has this cropped up so astronomically just in the last few years? And it's what is being modeled, fed, there is an agenda. And so for us to realize that if we can and again, this is why I really advocate not giving a smartphone or social media to a upper elementary school student, middle school student, because this is what they're being fed day in, day out. This is good. This is normal. This is freedom. You have choice. You know, don't listen to your parents. This, you know, all these things. And it's so real. And that's why kids are so confused. And so I think having compassion for the issue but realizing my child needs truth. So, so not overreacting. So if they talk about things like not freaking out, but just listening and, and maybe asking questions, you know, well, if you choose this, you know, what might that look like in the future? You know, and, and really taking things just as basic as look at our family, how could we have had you had we been transgender? I mean, it's something so basic, but having those conversations yeah. and helping them realize, wait, where does this go? How does this end? You know, show them the stories of detransitioners that are saying and talk about that, you know, we would never go to the hospital and just, oh, you've got a healthy limb, but we're just going to take it off. We would never do that. Why would we have just have these kinds of conversations of if you have healthy parts of your body, you don't have surgeries to, to take them out and think that that's going to solve everything. In fact, that's going to invite a whole new host of problems. So calmness. Talking about it, you know, if your child loves Jesus, then definitely like bring what does the word of God say? He created man. This is the best and use, highest use if we act in the in the way we were created. He made a man and a woman. And when we act in that way, we we experience God's best for us, you know. But if they are resistant to the faith, there are plenty of ways just simply through biology that you can talk to them. Good word, Arlene. You're listening right now to Arlene Pellicane. We're in a whole week called Ask the Experts. Arlene dealing with all things family, parenting, grandparenting. If you want to get a one-stop shop for great resources, text word HOME to 312-274-9624. There you're going to find a link to Happy Home Podcasts, Happy Home University, great books and resources by Arlene. Check it out. Text word HOME to 312-274-9624. 9624. We got questions coming in, taking more of yours via text. We will get them out to Arlene to 312-274-9624. Ever wonder what happens when the mics are off? Find out on Carl and Crew Mornings Facebook and Instagram. Got questions here for Arlene Pelican. What do you do with an adult child making really reckless and dangerous decisions, but they don't live with you? They're your child, but they're an adult now, Arlene. What do you do? You know, we think it's so hard, right, when they're babies and they're toddlers. But when they're babies and they're toddlers, you can be like, yeah, get out of the road, buddy. <laughs> but when they're adults, right, that would be so difficult. And so I, I think that you're, you know, we say it in an apologetic way, but it's not. 
to pray for your child. You'll say like, well, you can pray for them. Like it's like the let, but this is a powerful thing you can do is to say, Lord, that is what you can do. That is your weapon of choice because you can't, you can't control this child. This child is an adult. They, they're going to do what they want to do, but you can be their intercessor. You can be the one to stand in the gap to say, Lord, put someone in my child's life that will talk to them, that they'll listen to them. Lord, maybe bring my child so to the bottom that they come back, you know, and that they realize the error of their ways. So praying over this child and then really being that open door for the child. So when they do come to you, not to criticize, not to not to be that negative person, because then they'll say, well, I don't want to go to my mom or my dad. They're always going to disapprove of me. But for you just to extend that door that it's open, just, you know, I don't agree with everything you're doing. I think that it's very destructive. I care about you, but please know I'm, I'm here for you. Now, I'm not talking about enabling a behavior that is very negative. That's not what I'm saying by open door, but that you are saying, I'm going to be here for you. You know, if you need me, I'm here for you. Yeah, it strikes me. I've got a, a question that came in here that is pretty easily answered, but there is a it's a hard thing for a parent to let their children hit the bottom, but mm-hmm. blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs yeah. is the kingdom of heaven. Until our little chitlins understand that they desperately need a savior. I mean, we got a question that came in here that's it's heartbreaking because in my estimation, this is just a classic example. Our son is still living with us, and he's 49. He has a lot of credit card debt. My husband and I keep wavering on whether we really want him to leave. We worry about him living on the streets. Arlene, this isn't that hard a one. The, the difficulty is we love people, but sometimes we've got to let them break, don't we, Arlene? Yeah, it's true. And it is, it's so hard because obviously you don't want that for your adult child, But it's also in the absence of any other option, that adult child will then be able to say, oh, wow, I have to take responsibility for my own life and I've got to make some good choices. And obviously, uh, if you have extended so much love to this person, you know, to your child, they're, they're ready for that step. So it is that pushing out of the nest and saying, okay, buddy, you know, you got six more months and then you're out on your own. And regardless of what happens, you're you're out on your own because you got to figure this out. And that is truly the the loving thing to do for that person. Yeah, it's tough, but important. Okay, let's tee up another one here, Allie. Yep, this one is uh, kind of goes back to what we were talking about, but a, a little bit deeper. Uh, pa- parents or pastors, daughter goes away to college, comes home and announces she's becoming more male and now engaged to a woman. What do you do? Everyone around her is afraid to really say anything for fear of having the relationship fall apart. This is such a hard question, mm. right? It's Brutal. kind of like any parent's fear of, oh my goodness, this is kind of what's the worst thing that could happen. And then we think of this. And so in that sense, I also want to turn it into like, okay, let's say it wasn't this issue, but it was a different issue. Like she came home and she was, you know, vaping or she came home and, and she was pregnant, but with a man, you know, just thinking through how would we, how would we deal with this? Because we still love her and we want a relationship with her. And we, we also want to extend love towards her partner so that her partner doesn't think like, oh, all Christians are haters. Like we're trying to, to show that, no, we, we care about you as a person, but that we also grieve because we know that this is going to lead to pain for you, you know? So just kind of, thinking through those kinds of things and 
perhaps as best as possible to be honest with that daughter. You know, you go on a walk, you do something, you say, as you can imagine, we were very surprised by by what's happened. And to be honest, we we're we're saddened because we we think this goes against God's design and God's best for you. But we want you to know that we do love and care about you, but we feel kind of awkward. We're not really sure what to do. You know, and even really be honest in that we don't know how to address this. We don't know how to do this. We do know we want a relationship with you. So let's just kind of awkwardly get through this together. But please know that, and you don't have to give up your values, I feel like, to have that conversation with that daughter to say that we 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 think this is un, we think this is under what God wants for you. We we're sad about that. But we also want you to know that we love you. And and you're praying through this and you're talking to people. And I know that there are resources, and I apologize that I don't have one right offhand. I do know there's an author named Lori Wilderberg. It's W-I-L-D-E-N-B-E-R-G. And she has had this experience and writes about that. That might be a place to start. So look for look for people perhaps that have been through this and different ideas of how they still built the bridge, but didn't, you know, embrace this whole lifestyle and say like, oh yeah, everything's okay. Yeah. Good stuff, Arlene. It's tough. But you know, a lot of this comes back, Arlene. Give me your best 30 seconds on this. There is something about a sold out mom and dad who were imperfect, but radiate the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. That that's, that's got staying power when all these other systems are going to be caving in on themselves. This, I think you can totally put an exclamation point on this because I think we think, oh, if we do this program or we send them to this camp or, and all those things are good. If we do this, that, that'll, that'll inoculate them from all these dangers and all these sins. But I think the best inoculation is if you are so crazy about Jesus and you're just like, I just want my life to line up with the will of God. And when he tells me to do something, I want to do it. And this is exciting. And this brings me joy. When your kids see that, whether they're little or they're teenagers, that is the impression that is contagious. And so I think a lot of the things they are caught, they are not taught. And if you want an on-fire disciple, you've got to be one yourself. And it's a call to, to us parents. Beautiful. Coming to you live from the Morningstar Mission Sponsored Studios, this is Carl and Crew Mornings on 90.1 FM Moody Radio. Time is flying because we got killer content here by way of Arlene Pelican. It's our week of Ask the Experts. Arlene Pelican, speaker, author, media personality, blogger, phenomenal podcast, Happy Home Podcast, and she's founded the Happy Home University. Amazing resources, one-stop shop. Text the word HOME to 312-274-9624. Text the word HOME to 312-274-9624. By the way, tomorrow, Gary and Barbara Osberg are going to be in here all day. We're going to be tackling all questions about marriage. It's going to be a little ear warning a couple of times, but we're going to have a phenomenal day tomorrow. Uh, We're going to have Pastor Lutzer in here. We've got content all week long. Yes. Yeah, I love this. Okay, what do we have here, Allie? Well, Arlene Pelican's with us right now, taking your parenting questions. Arlene, how does a single parent, single mom in this case, help a, a 17-year-old son? Angry, he's depressed, he's self-medicating. His dad left at the age of seven and has never looked back. What do you say? This is a There are a lot of pain Oof. here. Yeah, so many stories like this that are so sad, and that is... 
that's truly, you know, a reason why like tomorrow to listen to that, ask the experts, if you can keep that marriage together, that's so key in, in, in the home for this mom, you know, it is our hearts go out to you. And whether it's a single, maybe you're a single dad listening, it's hard being a single parent. So I would say, pray and seek out another, like someone at your church that can be like, it doesn't, not a father figure in the sense that, you know, it's a lot of pressure to put on someone. I would like you to meet my son. Could you please be a father to this boy that you've never met before? But, or it could be, you know, someone that's already in your life, but someone who can come alongside of your son and, and maybe just like, you know, start throwing a football together, you know, once a week and for half an hour and find someone like another man that can just give that perspective. Cause I think that's so important. Maybe a grandpa. I know for a lot of single parents, it's a grandpa that really comes in and steps in and has that role of being that sounding board of being that strength. Cause there's a strength of a man that a boy needs, whether the boy is little or whether the boy is like this boy, a, a large, you know, like a young adult kind of boy. And there's a, a resource called The Life of a Single Mom, and and uh, it's thelifeofasinglemom.com, and I'll send this to the station too. So you have that, and that has all sorts of like ways to have a support group, to find articles, et cetera, because I think having a support as a single mom, having other people who, who are in your same boat, and then who have maybe that are a little further along, who now maybe their child is, is 20, 30, and they can talk to you about what they experience. I think that can really help us to expedite kind of the learning curve, but hang in there. And, and we're so sorry to hear that's your situation right now. You know, one of the coolest things I saw, and you reminded me of this, uh, I have a friend from church who uh, raised her son as a single mom for many, many years. And she put up a Father's Day post one year, and it was her son, and she had him pictured with all of these awesome men of God yeah. who oh. had been an influence in her son's life. And it was like uh, what the the head of the parking ministry and the lead usher and oh. the guy who volunteered. And it was all these That's pictures great. of his smiling face. He's 17 or 18 now. Wow. All these men from the church who had stepped up and poured into her son in some way. And it was one of the coolest things I'd it's ever fantastic. seen. So it's this fantastic. this can work, but being yeah. in the body of Christ is important. You know, uh, yes. you know. Okay, so let's go there for a second. The body of Christ, although imperfect, man, it's got some assets for our little chitlins, <laughs> sure does. doesn't it? It really does, and and that is the thing for us as adults. You know, sometimes we wonder, like, how come our kids didn't, you know, keep going to church when they grew up and everything? And I think one thing that's really important is, do they see you not only going to church, but do they see you involved in church? Like, do you have a place? It doesn't mean you have to serve until, you you know, you drop dead. (laughs) Not that you don't have to do that. You can have some boundaries. You can say no. But are you involved in some way, you know, in serving? And then is church an option? I feel like a lot of people wake up on Sunday morning like, oh, we're tired. Let's just stay home. Home, we'll go next week. And so if you do that, then your kids grow up with this option like, oh, you know, we had this really late last night. Let's just skip church. Church is not an option. Like church, you show up unless you're sick. If you're sick, that's fine. But otherwise, if you live that way and you really value it, like we will keep this. This is like an appointment. We don't just say, oh, do we feel like it? If we have that kind of level of commitment to the body of Christ, I think it will help our kids so much to have that kind of level of commitment. And the thing is, when you need friends, 
right? And the support system. When you're having your third child, like my friend is about to have, and you've got, you know, lots of needs and sick kids and all that, and you need someone to call, that's not the time to build community. The time to build community is before that moment comes. So the church is so important. Right on. Okay, another question teed up here. So we're taking your questions. Parenting, grandparenting, you send them to us, 312-274-9624. Text us your questions to 312-274-9624. Here's one for you that we'll answer coming up. My adult kids were pretty much raised in a Christian home, although it wasn't perfect. The seed was planted. They're in their 20s now and have moved away. How can I encourage without nagging? (laughs) That's great. That's great. Taking that one coming up here. Also got some questions coming in about little ones and daycare. Those tackled straight ahead. Got to go into work? Don't worry. Check out the Carl and Crew Showcast wherever you like to stream. You're listening to Carl and Crew Mornings. Well, you just heard about Share. We're a listener-supported station, so we do this a couple times a year. But here's this exclusive offer that we have for you for pre-share. For those of you who like to help prime the pump, we want to get into your hands a copy of Carl's book, The Seven Resolutions. It's a book that I love, that I've gifted to people because I think it, I really believe that this is a work from the Lord for his people, for discipleship. So that's going to be our gift to you for a gift of any amount, but only through next Monday when pre-share officially closes. So text the word PRIME to 312-274-9624. Just text the word PRIME. Arlene Pelican, our guest this morning, as we take your tough questions about parenting. Here's a tough one. My adult kids were raised in a Christian home, though it wasn't perfect. The seed was planted. Now they're in their 20s and they've walked away. How can I encourage them without nagging? This is definitely every parent's question. I don't want to nag, but I really, really want them to get saved. Arlene, what do you say? It's so true, right? So I lean on my friend Jim Burns, the author, who talks about his book is called Doing Life with Your Adult Children. And he talks about unsolicited advice is seen as criticism. So if you give unsolicited advice to your kid, like, oh, look, it's Sunday. Gee, I wonder what we should do on Sunday. <laughs> that doesn't work. <laughs> what did we used to do on Sunday mornings? I wonder. Or, you know, this evangelist is in town. You probably should go. Or, you know, so all these kinds of things, they're probably, that that's probably going to backfire on you. But I think living your life in front of your child, like if you are excited about something and you truly, like you're saying it because you're trying to share about yourself, not because you're trying to get the kid to buy into it. But if you really say like, oh, I'm reading this book and this came to me and God really spoke to me in this way and that's it. Like like, kind of sprinkle that through your conversations. Don't be afraid to talk about God and what God is doing in your life to your kid. Not all the time. That can't be your only subject, you know, but that that can be part of it. I think that's that's key of just continue to live your life, have that enthusiasm, pray for your child to come back. And if there is a book or a podcast or a radio show or something that you think your child truly would be interested in, then I think it is okay to say, you know, hey, I, I, I listened to this and I thought you might like it, you know, just in case you're interested. And then no pressure, like don't, you don't have to follow up and ask like, did you watch it? Did you listen to it? But I think that's, that's an okay thing to share. Good stuff. Uh, Get a question that flows out of the need for a lot of parents that need childcare, um, daycare, before even a kid hits child uh, going to school age. Yeah. And, you know, 
My bride and I spoke for years with Family Life, and we the one thing that we often said, and I still believe this to this day, and I'm going to put a caveat on it, is don't let your standard of living drive your quality of living, meaning don't, don't let the demand for ducats force maybe two parents into the marketplace to work if it's not needed. Make sure that your quality of living at home is, is holding the bar high. That being said, there are some people in this economy today that do need two streams of income coming in. What do you say about this? Principally, start with this whole quality of living versus standard of living, and then take it from there because we have some listening right now that really wrestle with it. It's like, man, I got to ship my kid out to daycare. And what, what do you say, Arlene? Yeah, I think that's so true. So, like, that first step would be okay, daycare is expensive. Am I really making enough to justify this? Like, would it be easier financially if I? didn't work and if we took a few things you know off off of the things that we do that we save in ways and that I could stay home with it just to entertain that as a possibility I think that's good because sometimes we think oh we have to both work and so look at that possibility you know my husband has this little saying that I pay for my toys in cash and so he loves to ski he loves to do these different statement. things but it's his saying I pay for my toys in cash and actually it's been interesting because our 16 year old has said that now that she's like, I'm going to do that. I'm going to adopt that. I pay for my toys in cash. Mm. So I think that idea, like that mindset of if we cannot afford it with cash, like we don't need that. So really trying to get as, as trim as possible because it is worth it if you're able to do it, to be with your kids before they go to school. And the stress level that you have of dropping your kid off at daycare, of finding the right daycare, of picking up your kid, that's that's no cakewalk either. So having said that, if you are going to daycare, like I know a wonderful woman at church and I asked her like, and she's so nurturing and so loving. I was like, oh, what do you do? And she's like, oh, I run a daycare. And instantly I thought like, oh man, if I had a kid, I would bring her to you. You're like <laughs> super loving and nice. So, you know, if you've got to do that, then really think through and pray about like, Lord, lead me to the right daycare, lead me to the right place where, you know, make it as screen free as possible, make it as a loving environment as possible, all those things. But that, that is, it, it is difficult. There's, there's no doubt about it. We're on the topic of little, little ones. What do you say to the moms and dads out there that have little, little ones in uh, getting devos going with these little, little yes. ones? Yeah, and really make it fun and make it a habit and don't make it overly difficult for yourself. So, you know, I love all those Bible beginning books for toddlers. There's so many of them and they're amazing. So really, I would encourage a bedtime routine of reading your child a bedtime story from the Bible. Just do that every night. It's not that hard. It just takes, a few, it's like literally three or four pages of really big print. So you don't have to be worried. And parents but, learn good Bible yeah, stories too. That's what I found. They certainly do. They're like, I love this Daniel and the lion's dead guy. You know, so honestly, that just that small step of, oh, before we go to bed every night, we read a few pages from our Bible book. A, it's good for us as adults, right? That we like are kind of ending the day with something from the word of God. B, it's a habit that stays with your kids. Like I would be so like, 
happy or surprised or whatever when I would watch like, oh my goodness, my son, he's, he was when he was in high school, he'd say, okay, good night. And he's like, has his Bible open on, in bed because it's what he's used to. So it's just these habits that you're forming and yeah. they're so easy to form when they're little. And it's such a better way to go to sleep than by watching TV or watching, playing a game or something like that. So end with the Bible. Um, if you're not, maybe your schedule is such that you can't do that, then it's morning. Like put the little Bible on your breakfast table and then do that with your kid, but just have a certain time of day. It does not have to be very long, but make it a habit. Like it'd be much better to have a very short two minute habit every single day than to be like, okay, we've gone three months and now we're going to do this really long thing to make book for it. You know, <laughs> so just have a very small habit that you can keep up and that'll be really great. You're going to hear about every King this weekend. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and every biblical takeaway kids sit down. We're making sit up. <laughs> All right. Uh, you're listening to Arlene Pelicane. This is ask the experts week and Arlene's tackling so much good content. You might say, Oh, there's so many questions. I can't even get answered here. It's okay. Text the word home and you can get right to Arlene's podcast website. It's phenomenal content. She's written some amazing books. So check it out. Text the word home to 312-274-9624. New to the show? We're glad you're here. You're listening to Carl and Crew Mornings. Okay, a grandparenting question. What do you do when you're the grandparent? You want to be involved, but that relationship with the adult child is not great. And you know what? I've seen this happen many times. That carries over. It's almost impossible for it not to. What's a grandparent to do? It is a hard thing. And, you know, I think having that conversation with the adult child saying, okay, let's get let's get something that we agree on, right? So we, like, most likely, both of you, both the grandparent and the adult child, you want the best for the grandchild. So kind of establishing that, you know what, we might not always be on the same team, but in this regard, we both want what's best for our little, you know, with this for this child. And trying to establish that common ground and then as a grandparent being kind of ultra respectful of the parent. So of saying, you know, I want to do things that are in line with you. Um, I'll be respectful. You know, if you say I'm not going to don't give my kid candy, then okay, I won't give your kid candy, you know, stuff like that, that you're respectful toward the parent's wishes. And I have a feeling it'll probably warm up. Who knows? Maybe it is the grandchild that'll kind of help things warm up between you. Because believe me, that adult child, they do need your help. <laughs> they, they want your help. They might Whether overlook they a lot of things. Yeah, they might overlook a lot of things to be like, we would really like to go on a date or I have to work this day. Could you please mm -hmm. watch my child? So those kinds of things, maybe, who knows, maybe this, this child could be a bridge builder between you. Love it. Love it. All right, Allie, let's go. Here's the question. How do I help my kids to love and serve God? This is a mom. My husband is a non-believer, has stopped going to church. So you have a house that's not really united. What, what do you do if you are the believing spouse? Yes, it's do you do what you can do, but don't like burden yourself with all these other things, right? Like God knows you can't do everything because I know it is it is key and I, I know this feels discouraging. That that man, he is key. Like that man and the the by that man, I'm I'm not yeah, trying to say that, yeah, that no, man. Yeah, it that sounds so man. terrible. Your that man, your <laughs> husband, the father. He's key. And he does set the tone. And if he's disinterested, your kids are going to be disinterested. And if he's like, yeah, that's not important, then you've kind of got an uphill battle. So just recognize that, you know, don't, don't over own too much. Like it's all on you. It's all on you. God's going to help you. 
God's going to partner with you. God's going to say, you know, let me make up for the lack. So you do what you can do. You be faithful. You go to, you know, you go to church, you, you talk with your kids, you read the Bible with your kids as much as you can at bedtime or things like that. You know, there's a single mom that goes to my church the dad, like you're saying, is not involved. And I just see her show up every Wednesday night with her kids. And every Wednesday, many times she comes to the altar and she asks for prayer. And I just think that is the best thing you can do is just keep putting yourself in the place of God. I need you intervene with my kids please help them spiritually and, and, and really try your best to be at peace with your husband, you know, and not to make church like this dividing point, but instead be just ask the Lord, like to have that quiet and peaceable spirit and let the Lord convict your husband, let the Lord work on your husband's heart and, and let the Lord kind of do that heavy lifting. Cause it is, it is hard when you're the one, because that the, the husband does bear a lot of weight. So I guess that's an answer and not an answer, but hang in there. Yeah, that's a great answer. You know, I got to go back to a heart question that I had a couple hours ago. A couple hours ago. Arlene, man, we're keeping her here, I'll tell you. Yes. Um, but this really burdens me, and we had some great responses just thanking you. So we've got a lot of new listeners right now. But I go back to this. Uh, the way of learning in the school system today is very Socratic. It's very memorization kind of bound. Um, there are people that have an easier time of sitting still, listening to a lecture, uh, memorizing content is great for those kids. But a lot of kids are artistic. A lot of boys don't sit still. And I know there's a lot of parents that struggle with, why is my kid getting C's? I had a friend in college. He had a great one. Uh, I said, hey, Ted, man, how you doing? He says, Carl, D is for diploma, baby. Um, <laughs> oh, but, But... You know, in all seriousness, there are different styles of learning, and our the American learning system is very geared toward the bookworm and the memorizer as opposed to the artist or the boy that can't sit still. Would you give some hope to some parents that have one of those kids? Yeah, absolutely, because I think we can look at these the, the academics and think, okay, I want my kid to have A's. You know, everybody is supposed to have A's, and it's, it's kind of in there. And even in our book, Screen Kids, we talk about A-plus skills that aren't A's, appreciation, affection, things like that. So really look at your child and understand that all kids don't learn like this. And it's okay to have the conversation with your child of, you know what, honey, we're, we're all built kind of different. And the school is, this is kind of what they expect, but this is not the only metric of success in Boom. your life. Of course, say yeah. that, I, say that say in a way that, that your kids yes. will understand, but this is just one measurement. It's not everything. And I think we parents, we can put too much pressure on, oh, you have to have really good grades because you have to get in a good college. Because if you don't get in a good college, you're going to have a terrible life. And that is a false line of thinking that I think we have bought into even in the church to realize, wait a minute, you know what? I could have a C student who's doing their best, who is really trying and applying themselves. So they're not laying around all day playing video games. Okay. So they are putting effort, but this is what they're getting. That's okay. Cause maybe you are going to like invent the next thing. Maybe you are really good at fixing cars. Maybe you're amazing with animals. Maybe you are a dancer, whatever it is. So really lean into what are the creative things? What are the things your child is naturally gifted at and really work on that so that maybe your child does get the D for diploma, but they also at the same time, like, wow, look at them on the electric guitar. That's amazing. You know, so, so as a parent, let's embrace this idea that there are different metrics of success. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I, I would rather have my kid get an apprenticeship in electrical work and earn six digits in downtown Chicago funny? than get a history degree in art history and have no employable skills. And Isn't they still got $200,000 in student that's debt. Right. I mean, yeah, that we're, we're kind of looking at the wrong things. You're right. Yeah. And I always love to, to, to mention this, and here's why. We've got a lot of there's there is a need for did you I, quick point of interest there is a need for blue collar apprenticeship in carpentry in plumbing and electrical oh, yeah. in downtown chicago right now that is enormous mm -hmm. and yeah. these are great fields of work real yes. men and women wire homes and it's okay guys late riser no problem hear what you missed with the carl and cruz showcast find it wherever you like to stream yeah, I know. You're waking up right now going, I missed two hours of this content? <laughs> Don't sweat it. Two things. Text the word show anytime you want. You're going to get it all in a collapse, condensed format, as collapsed as we can. Yes. yes. Uh, text the word show to our number here, 312-274-9624. It's Ask the S Experts Week, and uh, Arlene Pelican is with us. If you want more, uh, a ton of content from Arlene she is the podcast host for Happy Home Podcast and also founder of Happy Home University. Check out all of her content with one simple word. Text the word HOME to 312-274-9624. All right, let's roll. Well, before we ask this question, Arlene, do you say aunt? Or aunt. Oh, my I word. say aunt. Yeah. Okay. Say aunt. Carl's there. been ribbing me all morning because every time I see an aunt and uncle question, I say aunt, and he goes aunt. aunt. But but I, unlike Carl, don't make fun of people who say aunt. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I, know, I, but don't, I do say aunt. I don't make too much. When she says uncle, then I really give it to her. <laughs> I just yes. always say exactly. aunt. Okay, so we've got uh, someone said, don't forget about the aunts and uncles. We want to help here too, and specifically an uncle who has st stepped in to a bigger role with the loss of his brother and really wants to influence his niece and nephew in a positive direction and he feels that responsibility uh, what do you say i think this is amazing what a wonderful question so i think if you can have like a regular time maybe and do it that it is sustainable so whether that's every other week once a month, every week, whatever you're able to do, say, we're going to schedule a Zoom call and maybe it's just 15 minutes. So it's not this you know huge thing, but it's regular and they will grow up and they will say, my uncle loves me. I know my uncle. My uncle knows me. My uncle knows about the things I like. My mm -hmm. uncle knows. I mean, how amazing would that be? So schedule a regular time where you guys meet on Zoom. And if you can't make it, that's fine. Then you just reschedule it for a different time. It's not a big deal. And then during during that time, if the kids are young, if they're little, you know, you're reading Bible stories and you're, you know, that's really cool. So if they're young, you can build that relationship. You're doing puppet shows. You're doing, you know, you're just being silly and you're talking to each other and you're walking around the house and you're showing them your dog and where you live and your home. And it's very relational. And then you always, maybe if, if a part of the, what you want to do is help instill faith in this child, that that's always a component that I'm always going to pray over this child. And I'm always going to share the scripture with this child. Child. And then as they grow up, you keep doing that. Like, how amazing would that be? And, you know, if they're a teenager, maybe they want to learn English in the future. You know, you could also do it with that. Like, you can combine it and layer it with so many things. All right. I'm going to hit you. What are the top three things great parents do? 
Top three things great parents do. Okay, one, if they are married, they put their marriage as a priority. So they don't let the marriage go. They still date each other. They model that to their children. Two, they, in this day and age, they make some key decisions about devices. So they delay the tablet, they delay the screen, they delay those things, especially like I think birth through 10, that they really say, we will give you a childhood that is an old fashioned childhood that is non, that isn't soaked in screens. Uh, and then three, I think it is that, and this, and to be honest, this is difficult. They're all kind of important. And then three is living that vibrant Christian life themselves, like seeking hard after God themselves so that their kids can look at that and see an authentic model of someone who is trying, you know, not perfect, but someone who's trying to live like the Lord. Those are three good ones. That's wow. hard to pick three, right? Yeah, that's difficult. great. Glad we brought an expert in here. If you want more content from Arlene, text the word home to 312-274-9624. Those three are dynamite. Well, see, this is the, the, the Lord helping because, you know, we're on like our past hour two of this. So I'm glad <laughs> some came out. <laughs> You're killing it, sister. I really enjoy having you on here. I really do. Arlene, you are just absolutely a blessing. And there's so you guys make it so encouraged. much fun. It's so fun coming on. Get more from your morning show. Check us out on social media. Just search Carl and Crew Mornings on Facebook and Instagram. Okay, going lightning round with our expert today, Arlene Pelicane, all week long. Experts. And, uh, okay, here's someone. I feel like I need help with my 16-year-old teenage girl. It's, it's tough. tough. <laughs> what, 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 what do you say to a mom with a six or dad who knows what they are here with a 16-year-old teenage? What do you do with a 16-year-old teenage girl? You listen to her, you love her, you find out what her interests are, you try to be interested in the things she's interested in, you cut her some slack because this is, you know, she's she's going to grow up, it's going to be fine. If she overreacts, you just listen patiently and don't respond and just, okay, and thanks so much for sharing. <laughs> That's great. Oh, oh, we got a dad here that responded. This is really good affirmation. You may want to tee, tee off on this one. Um, I, I was a dad, struggled in school, taught my kids, give everyone God gives everyone different abilities. Um, as a D student, I was told I would be nothing but my by my teachers. I am working on my third patent and have oh. no college, just a mechanic that saw needs and used my God-given abilities. How beautiful is that, Arlene? Wow. Isn't that awesome? Yes. It's so good. It's, that's like a movie. Go make a movie. <laughs> yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Here's what I'm going to throw in that I encounter a lot, Arlene. Parents now have are under enormous pressure to kind of help their kids specialize. If the kid is into sports, then they have to try to be the best little of baseball or basketball or football player ever. If they're into music, there's this pressure to spend so much money on lessons to try to get them to the top and or academics, and the list goes on and on. How do parents balance both helping cultivate their child's inclinations, giftings, and talents without letting it become all-consuming? It's such a good question. And so it's kind of, I think it's a mindset for the parent to realize this is serious, but it's not that serious. You know, like to realize, let's, and, and to real, these things are supposed to be fun. You know, when you start sports or you start music, yes, there's discipline to it. Yes, there's practice. And, you know, that's hard. But at the end of the day, you want your child to leave that experience to like, I really enjoyed that. Like that brought joy into my life. And I think when it starts either tipping the calendar, like you're realizing we don't have enough time to go to church 
or we don't have enough time just to like have a picnic by our, you know, with, as a family, or we don't have time for game night. Then you realize we are overscheduled. So that is a blessing actually that COVID did for us is that we made everything stop. And we yeah. realized, wow, we don't have to be running a million miles an hour every day. So I think part of the answer of this question is maybe we are spending too much calendar time on this and too much brain space on this and we need to dial back and that is an okay thing so having a more well-rounded life maybe that it's not everything has to be about this sport or this instrument or whatever it is that we have yeah but that we start saying no like my daughter she's on a robotics team and they their particular school went to worlds last year so it's very like competitive <laughs> and so a lot of times i will say to her like yeah it's important but it's not it's not everything. It's okay. Just do your best. And it is saying no to other things because it's time consuming right now. So not over scheduling yourself is really important. This is similar, but different. How do we help our kids discover their skills and gifts? We don't want to have little mini me's running around. How yeah. do we do that? Yeah. And a lot of this is, it, it is experience. And that's something that the screen time is robbing from us because if they're just sitting on YouTube, it's like, oh yeah, my kid's really good at YouTube or my kid's really good <laughs> at like, you know, video games, but it's, well, you haven't had experience to know what else your kid might be good at. So a lot of it I think is exposure experience, you know, going to a concert, seeing, do they like music, trying a music lesson? Did they like that? Where Was that a good thing? Going to the library, getting books of all different kinds of things. When listen to what they say, what they're interested in, what they linger about, you know, maybe they're really into animals. Maybe they're really into drawing, into comic books, into instruments, into fixing things. So it's observing what your kid does, letting your kid be bored. Imagine that. And then seeing what they gravitate towards, like what do they pick up? What it. do they enjoy doing? And then as they get older, even upper elementary school, if they have any inkling like, oh, they love helping people, they, they might want to go in the medical field. Okay, great. Let's spend the day. Let's take a nurse out to lunch, you know, with your like fourth grader and have your, the nurse talk about what they do, like do that over and over and Man, over again. That's and your child, your child will kind of figure out, you know, Hey, these are things I like and I don't like. Oh, Okay, this was going to be our last question for the day, and it's dealing with uh, how do I help my much older teen who recently went through a bad breakup? And, oh, it's oh, so sad, man. right? <laughs> Hopelessly devoted to you. Yeah. <laughs> that went bad. How do you coach a kid through that? Yeah, I think both for both parents, if there's a mom and a dad, there for both of them at separate times to have a talk with you know what, if you remember your breakup, like if you've had, not obviously not the two parents, but if you had a breakup in the past, for you to go there to be like, oh honey, you know, I remember sitting, this is what happened to me. And I was sitting on a park bench and he said, you know, I just, I just don't think I could marry you. That really oh, happened boy. to me, you know? Oh, and so, <laughs> and so, so really going back there and reliving that moment with your child so that your child knows like, wow, my parent went through that. And my parent kind of gets that and just just being not alone. I think that's a really great way to empathize with them and to talk with them. And then, of course, let them know, you know, I'm here. I, I, I'm here to listen to you. I know this is really hard for you. And then, you know, when the time is right for you to say, you know, it's not the end of the world. So 
something good will come out of this. You know, we always laugh because my my husband's dad would say things like, there'll always be another buzz, you know? And then we're like, but that's not the right thing to say not when she's really heartbroken. <laughs> that's a little too, too soon. soon. It's yeah. too soon for that. Arlene, for that. you killed it today, sister. We wore you out. I hope you're good and tired. Because <laughs> I'm you, good and tired. Good. I'll take a nap this afternoon. All right. Thanks. And uh, <laughs> we want you to get these resources from Arlene. And here's how. Just text the word home to 312-274-9624. She hosts that Happy Home podcast and teaches some master classes through Happy Home University. Just text the word home to 312-274-9624. Arlene, thank you, sister. Thank you. It was so much fun. Thanks so much. Hey, this is Carl with Carl and Crew, and I'm so grateful that you listened to this showcast. Thank you mostly for being part of the Boom Crew. As we help you take your next step with Jesus, you're a huge encouragement to us. We'll be here again live every weekday morning from 5 to 9 a.m. Godspeed.